Hello, I'd like to welcome you out to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross, and it's just going to be me today. We've been so busy running all types of different classes. In fact, I just stepped into the office. This is Thursday afternoon, the 27th, and uh, so we wrapped up some uh, a course, an eight-day course we taught. Uh, we wrapped it up Tuesday. The past two days, we've been running a private class, and I just got a couple minutes here. I thought I'd jump in and talk to you for a few minutes because I don't know when uh, when we're going to be able to get back in here. So I'm not even going to put out a, a 30, 60, 90 because I don't know if this is going to air or I don't know when this is going to air. But I'm looking forward to uh, to tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, and the 28th, and then Saturday uh, evening, we're running our rifle low light, uh, day one and day two. And it looks like they're calling for a 90% chance of rain. So up on a mountain, in the middle of the rain, at night, teaching people how to use night vision, what's not to like? What's not to to look forward to that that's going to be quite an interesting experience probably the hardest thing will uh, probably not getting up on the mountain but uh, maybe coming down off the mountain in the middle of the night that, that might be fun oh, well so we'll see i'll have to come back and give you guys a report to see how and let you guys know how much fun that actually was um, but it's 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 been a fun time uh, this past couple of weeks we had the privilege of of running a a, a client uh, an agency through uh, through some pretty good training and just watching the growth and development with them has been very very rewarding we started with a couple of days running the flat range then we did a, a couple of days um in a sims house we didn't do live fire shoot house but we did sims with them and then we did a two-day basically about 36 hours straight uh ftx with them and it's lots of fun and uh it's a really good time a good group of guys and there's Good training. Again, uh, I think we in the last podcast we talked a little bit about it. We were in the middle of it then, and we took a break on Sunday to come in and, and talk for a few minutes about it. Uh, it's just it's so rewarding watching people learn, attempt, fail, get some more feedback, learn some more, attempt, and then succeed. And it's just very rewarding to, to watch that. Um, it's, it's, it's why I do what, what I do. I really enjoy passing on information and helping people to be better. So um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is it seems like while I was busy and haven't been paying any attention to social media or anything, a couple of things have, have popped up that I, that I saw, that I read that, that was pretty irritating, or at least irritated me. So I thought I'd take this form to, to talk about a couple of them. One is I, I saw a quick post um, somewhere. I actually forget now, and it was... It was last week, so I don't even remember who it was. But it's something like, oh, I kind of respect that person. And they were saying something about how it's inevitable that in a gunfight you're going to be retreating or moving backwards or something, so you might as well teach and train to uh, on, on the range to shoot and run backwards. And I just, what was irritating is if you stick with truths, if you stick with principles, correct principles, then you can do all kinds of techniques, and then it'll save you from from silliness. It'll save you from from making mistakes. So one of the things that we're not big fans of is teaching people to, to shoot while moving backwards, forward, diagonally, laterally. We're all for it. Um, being at a point of cover, looking for the next point, wherever it might be, and then moving to that point, all for it. 
But as soon as you start to introduce, and I know a lot of people really like to do it, and I know for some uh, law enforcement agencies as part of the qual, um, and that's walking backwards while, while shooting forwards. And it's one of those things that you can really fake yourself out on, on a flat range that it's safe and that it's acceptable because it's a flat range without any obstructions. So you can walk with a lot of confidence backwards while focusing forward and trying to get you know hits on, on target. But as soon as you introduce the real world, you're going to take three, maybe four steps, and then that's when you're going to fall. Or that's when you're going to hit something. Or that's when you know, you're know you going to find clutter or, or something. So we really advise against doing that. So if you train that way on the range, it's just going to reinforce bad habits that you're going to fall into when you're when you're in the middle of a real fight. What is much better is being aggressive, and if you need to go back, then you find where you need to go and you move there as quickly as you can. One of the lessons that uh, really hit home to me while I was running and I was in charge of the force and force training for um, an urban movement training for uh, for my special forces group when I was instructing at Safalic was that the teams that when they would move in the road, when they'd move from like one building or one safe place to another building across the street or down the street or whatever, the teams that would attempt to uh, shoot while they were moving, so they knew that Op 4 was on a rooftop or in buildings or they knew there was someplace, the teams that would attempt that, those were the teams that were always getting shot up. But the teams that instead, like, hey, I'm at point A, I need to run across the street and I need to get to point B, and the ones that focused on that and ran as quickly as they could, they're the teams that, that, didn't, got, that didn't get shot up. It's just one of those things. It, it's, it's scary, and if you're in that moment, uh, your natural response is, oh, I want to put rounds down range. Um, but the safest thing for you to do in that case is to move as quickly as you possibly can from one point to the next. Um, so if you need to retreat, you're much safer by getting to that point as quickly as you possibly can and then trying to uh, step backwards and walk backwards while you're engaging threats forward. Uh, so that's that's just the way it is. Now, as you guys should know by now, I, there are absolutely no absolutes right um so like the only caveats that i'm comfortable with so far with shooting moving backwards is like if you need to bail out of a car and now i'm moving backwards to the rear of the car to get to a better point of cover a better point of, of concealment but the caveat to that is now I'm, I'm using the vehicle as a handrail and it's a very short distance as i'm using the vehicle as a handrail while i'm moving backwards to get to the better point of cover not just blindly walking backwards and the other part, the other time when, uh, you know, it's, I, I can see and, and that I've done is certain circumstances when you need to clear stairwells. So when you're moving up those steps, you have to clear the level in front of you and then the stairs, If depending on the types of stairs, if it's a spiral type uh, staircase and you need to look above you and you might have to clear like the next level uh, that is above your head, in which case as you're clearing and as you're looking, you're at some point then you're going to be walking backwards up those steps. So again, there's there's always there's never a, an absolute. There's no nevers, but just in general, just to shoot backwards. Hey, it might look great on Instagram, or it might look great, you know, on the social medias. Um, but really, you're better served if you need to retreat. If you need to go backwards, to to go ahead and, and look that way, and and run. At least that's that's my opinion. Um, and I've got as much right to be wrong as the next guy. But that's you know that's. From my experience, that's what I found. Again, and and how? What's the validation for that? 
watching guys attempt to do that when we're doing force on force, when we're doing urban movement, and the guys who are trying to do that, they're the ones who get torn to pieces. Um, but the guys that are instead, that are, hey, I'm here, I need to move over there, and then move there as quick as they can, they're the ones who are getting uh, shot up the least amount. Anyways, so that's just one thing, and that's kind of small, but I thought I'd throw that out there for you to, to think about and make up your own decision. The other thing that really started to irk me is I, I saw a post, and uh, this uh, by somebody, and I, I think I remember who it was, but again, it doesn't really matter, but just the idea, the notion that because you are in the military or that because you're in law enforcement, somehow that makes you a, a more privileged individual or, or someone who, who have more freedoms or you have more rights. And man, that, that attitude, that idea is, is a cancer. And it's one that our country doesn't, doesn't need. We've suffered from degrees because of, of those you know, ideas in our past. And there have been terrible mistakes made. So let's, let's learn from those mistakes. Let's, uh, let's move past that. Yes, I've served in the military. Yes, I'm a Green Beret. And I'm proud of that. I've sacrificed a lot. My family sacrificed a lot for me to be able to do that. But it doesn't make me any more important or any more special. Or it doesn't give me any more inherent rights than, than, than anybody else. Um, while I was listening to this person and also uh, other conversations that I've, I've had with people or listening to other people, I immediately thought of one of my heroes. If you go onto our website and the briefing room under the articles, it's one of the very first articles that we put up. It's The Proper Role of Government by the Honorable Ezra Taft Benson. And he, he is one of my, my heroes. I really have enjoyed his talks, his lectures um, on, on government, on freedom, on liberty, uh, his anti-communist uh, statements and stands that he's had. He was the Secretary of Agriculture, of all things, under uh, Dwight Eisenhower in the Eisenhower administration. Um, very interesting individual. He, he saw uh, the effects of, of Nazism and saw the effects of, uh, of World War II where he, as soon as World War II was over in Europe, he went over and led a very uh, uh, a lot of charities and got food and provisions and stuff to some of the war-torn areas. So he, he saw those uh, the atrocities of, of tyranny up close and personal. And he's a staunch uh, anti-communist and taught a lot of, about them or against them and the, that ideology. So what I'm going to read from is from part of this article Again, it's called the, the, the Proper Role of Government. And it had impacted me a lot when, when I was a youth. I think I first saw this, this lecture or this talk, or read it anyways, sometime when I was age 16. And very soon thereafter, I uh, was exposed to and read the Communist Manifesto. And just the contrast between the two, the contrast between the two ideologies is, is staggering. And why am I taking the time to, to read some of this to you right now? Because we're in that same ideological fight right now. There are a lot of very good, well-intending individuals in our country who are being blinded and who are buying the lies and the deceptions of, of communism, of socialism. 
and they are willfully giving up their liberty and their freedom. And the more we can do to help these people learn and, and, and just teach these principles of freedom, the better off that you know, we're all going to be. But anyways, and what does that have to do with, uh, well, you'll, you'll see as I get going here. So I'm just going to read a part. This section is called The Correct Role of Government. I would like to outline in clear, concise, and straightforward terms the political principles to which I subscribe. These are the guidelines which determine now and in the future my attitudes and actions towards all domestic proposals and projects and projects of government. These are the principles which, in my opinion, pro proclaim the proper role of government in the domestic affairs of the nation. I believe that governments were instituted of God for the benefit of man, that he holds men accountable for their acts in relation to them, both in making laws and administering them for the good and safety of society. I believe that no government can exist in peace except such laws are framed and held inviolate, as will secure to each individual the free exercise of conscience, the right and control of property, and the protection of life. I believe that all men are bound to sustain and uphold the respective governments in which they reside, which protected in their inherent and inalienable rights by the laws of such governments, and that sedition and rebellion are unbecoming every citizen thus protected and should be punished accordingly, and that all governments have a right to enact such laws as in their own judgments are best calculated to secure the public interest at the same time holding, at the same time, however, holding sacred the freedom of conscience. To continue, the most important function of government. It is generally agreed that the most important single function of government is to secure the rights and freedoms of individual citizens, but what are those rights? And what is their source? Until these questions are answered, there is little likelihood that we can correctly determine how government can best secure them. Thomas Paine, back in the days of the American Revolution, explained that rights are not gifts from one man to another, nor from one class of men to another. It is impossible to discover any origin of rights otherwise than in the origin of man. It, is con it consequently follows that rights appertain to men in, in right of his existence, and must therefore be equal to every man. The great Thomas Jefferson asked, Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated but with his wrath? Starting at the foundation of the pyramid, let us first consider the origin of those freedoms we have come to know as human rights. There are only two possible sources. Rights are either God-given as part of the divine plan, or they are granted by government as part of the political plan. Reason, necessity, tradition, and religious convictions all lead me to accept the divine origin of these rights. If we accept the premise that human rights are granted by government, then we must be willing to accept the controllery that they can be denied by government. I, for one, shall never accept that premise. As the French political economist Frederick Bessette phrased it so correctly, life, liberty, and property do not exist because men have made laws. On the contrary, it was the fact that life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that caused men to make laws in the first place. 
So I love that section. It clearly defines what the role of a government is to secure us in those rights. And where do those rights come from? They come from either one of two places. One, they come from God, or two, they're really not rights, but they're privileges granted unto us by a government. And that's really what socialism, communism, you name the tyranny, uh, that's what they espouse. We have control. We are granting you uh, privilege to do whatever it is that we're granting you to do. I, for one, don't subscribe to that notion. I believe that we have rights granted and given unto us from our Creator. And if you don't believe in a Creator, that's fine. They, um, some of the early founding fathers refer to them as natural rights. They are rights that are inherent to, to all mankind, that just through our existence, they're there. And since they were there before government was formed, government doesn't have the moral authority to take them away. So let's now go to, uh, with, with that clear understanding, with that foundation, with that basis and principle, let's look at, at some of these, uh, well, I know it's a, a video that, that's out right now, and it's a similar um, attitude that a lot of people hold, where uh, the individual is going off saying, uh, mocking, and uh, condes condescending normal citizens who are out training and mock them for some of them wearing camouflage clothing. And let's be honest, there are definitely a lot of clowns out there. I've seen some. I'm sure you've seen them. I'm sure uh, one time or another, like, oh, maybe I have been that clown. Um, but the vast majority are what? Individuals who are out there seeking to better themselves and to learn and to train. We are all citizens of this country. More importantly, we're all part of the human family. We have these rights that are natural to us. They belong to us. You have the right to protect yourself. You have the right to defend yours. You have the right to life, liberty, property, the pursuit of happiness. Those are inherent to you. And just because someone is a law enforcement officer or just because someone is in the military doesn't mean that they have more rights or, or they can have more training. Uh, that's, that's inherently wrong. So as we, as a society, are going down this path, as we are, you know, there are elements in our society, I think still there are a lot that are well-intending, though mis misguided, but there are definitely those who, by design, by purpose, they want to take away your rights. They want control. Um, David uh, Chipman, uh, the guy who, I don't know if this will ever play, but when it plays, maybe he's already been confirmed, maybe he hasn't been confirmed. But as he's, um, I listened to some of his back and forth during the Senate hearings um, for him to be nominated as the head of the ATF. This guy's a clown. He clearly, in his thinking, thinks that there are, more, there are some people that are more special or more important than, than you. And therefore, since they're a special class, they then have a right to firearms, but, but not you. And that is the beginning of every tyranny <laughs> that has ever been on this earth. Um, the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, good organization. They've put, put out a lot of good, uh, good articles and good books. And, and one of them, uh, which I, I have, shoot, if I would have had the forethought, I would have had it with me so I could have quote directly from it. It's back in my home uh, library, not here at the office. Um, but they document how every genocide of the 20th century 
So genocide, what's that? That's state-sponsored murder by the government of their people. Um, every state-sponsored uh, genocide, every genocide of the 20th century was preceded by, by gun control, by people having that idea that, you know what, you can't have that, but I can, and those that protect me can. And just that arrogance and that, that, uh, that idea that, again, they're more special than you leads to this. One of the second and third order effects of training, and I've been now training almost 10 years, that I had no idea when I started doing this, but has been phenomenal and has been awesome to watch, is since so many of our classes are open enrollment, uh, we'll have a homemaker, we'll have an IT guy, we'll have a construction worker, we'll have a salesman, and in addition to that, in that class, we'll have this sheriff's deputy, we'll have this uh, Philly cop, we'll have a SWAT cop, we'll have federal agents show up to that class, and what have we been taught? What, what have they been preaching to us? And who are they? I don't know, but they definitely are out there. They've been telling all these, these citizens, you can't trust the police. The police are out to get you. The police want to get you. They want to take away your guns. All the police are bad. That same they, what are they telling law enforcement? Oh, you can't trust those conservatives. They're ready to take that SKS and they're going to fight the revolution and they're going to, you know, they're, they're the problems. You can't trust those conservatives. They're the problems. So they are feeding both sides, and all sides that matter. They, you know, they want them to be isolated. You can't trust anybody else because the other person is the problem. So that second and third order effect that I had no uh, idea but has been beautiful to watch and see and participate in of running these open enrollment classes is at the beginning of the class, you're going to have that IT guy. You're going to have that, that construction worker. You're going to have, shoot, the entire village people there with all the different jobs and backgrounds, and you'll have the law enforcement there. And for the first couple minutes, you, I can see the body language, this distrust. Oh, I don't know about you because they said you're, you're the bad guy and you're not to be trusted. And then by the end of the class, it's like a miracle. We all realize we're Americans. We all realize we're out there pushing ourselves and trying to better ourselves, become more proficient. And then friendships form. A bond forms. It's beautiful to watch. As long as we adhere to those foundational, fundamental principles that we're all human beings, that we're all Americans, that we have rights inherent just because we are alive, not privileges granted unto us by some government, because if it is a privilege and they get the right to take it away, then we can unite and we can support each other. And just irritating, again, going back to the video that I saw, watching this guy mock and belittle his fellow citizens who the majority of them are just trying to better themselves, trying to be better able to, to protect themselves. And isn't that what this company, isn't that what this is all about? You're exercising your right to protect yourself. You're coming to class learning from, from us who have a lot of experience. And because we have that experience, we're passing it on to you. You know, when did all this training in my own life, when did it, when was it most important? It wasn't me. It was me passing on information and training to my wife. It was my wife. 
who had to utilize this training here in the States during that home invasion. Not me. Man, that is so motivating. I want you guys to, to get as much training and as best training as you can. So if and when that moment arises in your life, that uh, you'll be prepared for it. Mm. I said a long time ago, I, I wrote it down and put it out in one form. I think it was right after the uh, Sandy Hook when uh, there's a, again, politicized and a huge push for, uh, for gun control. And what I said, I just simply stated the truth that no man or group of men, you can include women, have the right legal or moral to deny me or to deny anyone the right to self-defense, the right to bear arms. And having arms um, is a type or is a, a symbol of freedom. Plain and simple. I would much rather be able to just focus on teaching and training and building a curriculum and coming up with better classes and, and more specialized classes and just give more and more uh, things to offer to you guys. But, and, and I hate, I hate getting it into politics, but you have to stand for what's right. You have to stand for, for correct principles. I mean, why? Why do we have a Second Amendment? Why is that guarantee there? Because the founders of this nation knew that at if any point in time that the government or that groups of people living here um, started to oppress, that's that final check for, for self-defense. You ever listen to Condoleezza Rice talk about firearms? You should. She talked about firearms because she remembered when the Klan was coming for her dad and uh, because he had a firearm uh, when she was growing up that the Klan didn't, uh, that they didn't have their way. So those, the Second Amendment is there for every small group, every uh, persecuted group, organization, people here. It's that final check to keep them safe. And again, why is that? Because every single human being has an inherent right to life. And we have an inherent right to defend that life and to protect ourselves. And... I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it is. And I don't care what the intentions are, what, uh, what, what feel-goodery you might think, um, even if a person sincerely believes that taking away firearms, banning and confiscating firearms, even if they honestly truly believe that that's going to make things safer in some degree, they're, you know, whatever, they're, they're wrong, um, they're wrong, and history will prove it. History will play out how wrong they actually are. And unfortunately, um, if firearms are banned and if things are confiscated, they're going to be on the wrong side of history. So anyways, that just irritated me. Some of you, I, I honestly don't remember if I told the story here in the podcast before, um, but I know I've told it a bunch of classes about one of the fights I was in where it was at night, and we were in the middle of a market, and uh, somebody started shooting at us. And f for that moment, for whatever reason, man, just the thought, the audacity that this person had to shoot at us, I was just so irritated. Like, how dare you? Who do you think you are? And I was returning fire, just standing there, 
And then at some point I thought, oh, maybe I should seek cover. And then I quick ran to cover. But that, that same feeling when I'm listening uh, to this guy, and, and I've had when other people have been, been talking the same thing, uh, just the audacity, the arrogance that this individual had, uh, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I remember what, one of the very first um, home defense classes I taught and that I was, you know, uh, some local local uh, law enforcement, uh, a couple guys were, were irritated with me. They didn't even know me, but, but when they heard about the course, they, they were irritated that how dare I teach normal civilians how to clear a room. <laughs> I was like, who do, you, who do you think you are? What's wrong? How in any way, shape, or form can that be wrong? That I'm teaching a husband and wife how to work together and to communicate together in case there's a home invasion. You know, I've experienced it, as you guys know. But I just, what? So they shouldn't be trained? That they shouldn't know how to talk or communicate or how to enter a room as they're going from one room to the hallway to another room to go rescue their baby and then take their baby into a safe room? They shouldn't know that information? Come on. Stop being a clown. <laughs> I just don't get that kind of arrogance. But then again, that's that's one of the things that uh, that we're facing. That arrogance and this separation. Uh, anyways, I've, I've beaten that, that, that dead horse. Uh, that's enough about that. So I encourage you to... You can get on our website or you can get it. There's plenty of other places. You can Google it on uh, on the Internet. But read and study The Proper Role of Government by the Honorable Ezra Taft Benson. Good information there, good principles, and really lays out, you know, the foundation of this country and those those core ideals, those core principles that helped forge and make this the, the greatest country in the world. Well, I don't have much more to, to go on. I just wanted to take a couple minutes, tell you what I'm thinking about those couple of things, and then also I'll let you guys know we have some ideas and things that we're working on to for, you know, for the future. We have a special project that will uh, be coming out the beginning of July. It should be fun. should be interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah. I guess that's all I'm going to say about that. So be looking forward to, uh, for, for something coming out in, in July. I hope you like it. Also, some of the things we've been thinking about is um, sometime in September, maybe the 25th of September. I- I'm not sure yet. Um, we're thinking about having a, a fun event where uh, September is National uh, Preparedness Month. So we always uh, tend to do our like food prep class and our um 72-hour kit classes at least beginning of September. But what we're thinking about doing is that's a Saturday, and if we find the right location, thinking about getting together and having, I don't know, a fair? or I don't even know if that's the right term, but just a chance where everyone can bring in, hey, look, this is what I did. This is, this is beans that I grew in my garden for the first time this year, and look, we've got them canned or, or, or whatever, just bringing in and showing examples of what people have done this past year to to become more self-reliant, become uh, more independent, as well throwing in probably a fun shooting competition with that, again, just, just for fun, but basically uh, some kind of a, a for-fun event or gathering where we can show off the things that we've done and the accomplishments we've made. Hey, look at this new gun that I built for the first time. I built my first lower, and, and this is, you know, built my complete gun. And anyways, that kind of thing. So we can show off what we've done, but then also, more importantly, just to get together and be around good people and talk and uh, 
fellowship, I guess, for lack of a better word. And that's something that uh, we, we all need. <laughs> we all need a little bit more of that. Um, so as we, uh, as we start putting that together, that's another thing to be looking forward to. Sometime in September, some kind of a, an event where um, it'll be for free or, or maybe at the most, maybe like 10 bucks or something just to cover whatever the whatever but it's it's designed just to get together and and just have fun if you have any bright ideas contact us if you have a, an appropriate location again you know contact us we might uh end up doing it at lcpcpc but then again that that might not be big enough um for everything that we wanted to, to bring and, and show and, and have an opportunity for for you to, to show off your hard work and uh, yeah, i don't care who you are um you tried something new this year, something to be self-reliant, uh, something to better yourself. Man, that's something to be proud of, no matter how little or how big uh, it is. That is that is something to, to be proud of. It doesn't necessarily, uh, well, what matters is that you're on that path and that you're on that journey. Uh, maybe you're just starting or maybe you've been there for, for decades. Uh, what matters is you're on that path and you're working to, to improve yourself. And then that's what having a good community is all about, is to encourage each other help pick each other up when uh when they fall down and uh yeah again second third order effects of of teaching is learning and meeting and knowing all of you uh really good people and knowing your heart and how you're you're striving to to better yourself anyways you guys make it all worth it so thank you for listening to this i don't know how long it's going to be maybe about 30 minutes and uh if we don't get a full-on podcast done uh, because we're so busy, then um, then this just might be it next Monday. Anyways, I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know. And uh, you guys stay safe. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. And what style? Italian. How many buttons? Two. Trousers. Tapered. How about the lining? Tactical.